got some bad news. I know it. I love when he does that. Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So, so good luck. Okay, good luck. You say rock bottom, but like, it just seems like things keep getting worse. What What is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get? Don't tell me down, you piece of shit. Shut your mouth. Look at me, Tony. Look at me. I want you to fire me. You fucking mark! Fire me! Fire me! How you think they gonna feel when they introduce your boys as the new WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champion? I don't know who's. They might be cheering. Yeah. They might be booing. Yeah. Little kids might be crying. Oh, yeah. We got grown men out there crying. Yeah. But they still might be hating on the Uso. Hating on us? Why? Because we went out there and did what we said we was going to do. Deep. Buffalo, all your babbling is interfering with my machine. So for the next few minutes, please just do me a favor and kindly shoot. Take your number out my phone I can give you a 
Greetings and salutations to everybody in the Hoots Podcast universe. It's your boy, the one, the only Derek Stoughton, brother Carter, welcoming you to episode 339 of the Hoots Podcast, also known as the 2022 Hoots Podcast Year End Awards Special. And because this is a special show, we're going to be handing out some awards. Well, not actually handing out some awards because the people that we're going to give awards to aren't going to look at them either way. Um, but we are, uh, it's a special time and a special show needs a special host. Based on Josh's performance last week, I felt it was time to take over the reins myself, host this show specially just for all of you, and thrilled to be here for this Hoots Podcast Year End Awards special. For those of you that are watching the YouTube version or watching it later, you'll see that uh, I got a little blazer on because, you know, if we're handing out some awards, we got to be looking swag. You know what I'm saying? We got to look and styling and prowling, styling and profiling. You know what I'm saying? We always, always look in our best for these award shows, and today is no different. By the way, uh, for all the social media plugs, you can follow me on Twitter at Derek Stoughton. You could follow me on Instagram at Derrico06 because I actually bring – prestige and honor to anything that rhymes with Jericho. I actually bring prestige to that uh, to that name right there. Uh, also, you can check out my work on WrestlingRumors.net. I am a columnist and um, writer for that particular dirt sheet. And uh, you can also find my work on DerekStoughton.com. But of course, I am not alone. Helping me hand out the awards this week is the, um, the Kevin Patrick to my Byron Saxton, the... Um, the Michael Cole to my Pat McAfee. The uh, uh, yeah, there's some other great commentary teams. I know I'm not going to use any of. <laughs> I almost made an AEW joke. I'm pretty sure that would have gotten me fired. But anyways, joining me alone is the matriarch, the boss, the mastermind of the Hoots podcast, Josh Lopez. What's going on, brother Adam? As Michael Cole would say, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the program. Uh, glad to uh, do this uh, nice little special here for you guys before our holiday festivities commence. Right, Brother Carter? Uh, Absolutely. About... Yeah, there are going to be festivities. Trust me. Yeah, we're about, like, what, nine days away from Christmas Eve, somewhere around there? True. Uh, oh, yeah, Christmas is in 10 days. Holy cow. Think about that. Wow. it's a lot to do in 10 days. Uh, yeah, I mean, Christmas Eve on the 24th. And then Festivus on the 23rd. The most important holiday out of all of them is Festivus. Yes. Every holiday counts during this holiday season. <laughs> That's right. Let's, let's we can that. air our grievances and, you know, um, have feats of strength. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yep. <laughs> well, what is the old saying? Christmas beatings? Christmas, is that, Christmas is that... beatings. Or yeah. Christmas eatings. <laughs> if you've seen that, uh, that South Park, or South Park, that um, uh, Saturday Night Live skit with sweaty balls. That's a that's a good oh, one. That's boy. a good classic. You can check that out. So <laughs> all good. Josh, I, I noticed you've got. Uh, by the way, for those of you that are watching the YouTube version, Josh and I again both dressing up dapper for this. And Josh, you got a new little setup there. You want to talk to us about that? Yes. Um, hopefully, you guys can hear me well uh, within the sound of my voice. Um, I'm trying out uh, my new soundboard that we're going to be using for the podcast going into 2023. This is the first time trying out. It's a mono board. Um, I, I got this as an early Christmas gift. Shout out to my mom, so I appreciate it. Uh, it was a really nice, uh, generous gift. Um, yeah, I just really wanted to try to upgrade the, like, the sound quality. So, <laughs> at least on my end, you know, Bert Carter always 
comes through. He is the director of all operations, after all. And you know, all of them. Uh, as the host of the show, I should be uh, putting in my duty to be up to his level, if you know what I mean. And you know what? <laughs> I'm glad that he is the host this week. I probably deserve it because I did mention that CM Punk would probably come back and confront Roman Reigns tomorrow at the Rosemont Horizon or showed up at the Royal Rumble. So for that, I do, I am, uh, I will take the L here. <laughs> and Brother Carter will be steering the ship, if you will, for the Hoots podcast this week. Um, yes, I'm very much looking forward to doing that. But we have a lot that we're going to get to today. We'll, of course, get started with the Back Porch Q&A here in just a moment. Uh, we always look forward to af- asking your questions or to answering your questions. Then we're going to hand out our awards for the year. Uh, these are going to be actual awards, not the Dave Meltzer Fan Club Awards. These are actual awards giving to actual talents for what actual people are doing. Um, and then, of course, we'll get into the main event segment, the greatest segment in all of wrestling podcasting. What the hell is wrong with AEW? But as always, we start things off every week with the Back Porch Q&A. Great opportunity for you to ask us some questions, and we talk about anything that you want to talk about. So um, Josh, I believe, has the list of questions, so I will turn things over to him. And uh, let's get started with this week's edition no, no. of the Back Porch Q&A. All right. We're going to start off. Uh, a little different this week. We're going to start off with our good friend Patrick Fritz at Rated hey! PWF. <laughs> Shout out to Pat. Um, Rated PWF. Nice. All right. How about this one? Starting off with some sports. Thoughts about the current NFL playoff picture? Ooh. Well, um, I the first thing I thought of is who's going to beat the Eagles, man? They look just unbelievable. Um, they look really good. Ah, man, it's hard to say. Uh, somebody has to come out. I think the funniest thing about this is somebody has to come out of the AFC South. I mean, and, and they're all just terrible. That's the division I'm thinking of. I think that they're all just terrible this year. That's brutal. They're the, yeah, they're they're this year's version of the NFC East. Yeah, just about. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, somebody's gonna come out of that division. Man, I'm. Uh, Gosh, I don't know. It's, I just know that the Eagles are pretty much destroying everybody. Dude, I wanted so bad for the Texans to beat the Cowboys last week. That would have been, oh, my gosh. If that would have happened, that would have been the greatest thing that have happened this year. Most of my family are Cowboys fans. Hearing Stephen A's rant about the Cowboys would have been amazing. That would be great. Um, why, yeah, man. Why don't I, you- why don't you tell everybody about the run-in we had uh, during Red Zone uh, oh. this past Sunday? <laughs> yeah, so it was great. So uh, Joshy and I, we were both watching Red Zone. I don't actually, during the regular season, I don't actually watch football, an actual game. I put on Red Zone because I, I'm i in six fantasy football leagues because I have a problem. And I um, and I just watch it for the – yeah, it's a, it's a problem. So I, I just watched the, the red zone, and, and I, Josh texted me. He was like, hey, I'm watching red zone. So I was like, well, shoot. I, I have, uh, uh, shot him a message, and we FaceTimed and watched some red zone together, and it was a lot of fun. Planning out the show a little bit, and it was all good. And um, I wish I could have stayed longer. But I only got to stay on for about an hour or so, and then I had – as director of operations, big things popping, little things stopping. That's why I'm dressed up in my fly suit today with my blazer and my T-shirt. So but I had to, you know, go out and make things happen. But, uh, no, that was a lot of fun that we got to do that. Uh, that was really good. So, 
Yeah, Josh, what do you think about the NF uh, football playoff picture? You know, for me, you're mentioning like compared to the NFC South to the NFC East. My my thing is, would it be more apropos for like like the Bucks or Carolina or one of these teams to have a tie instead of the Giants? You know, uh, I I think I saw a picture the other day that the Colts are still in the hunt because of their tie earlier this season, and it's like I don't know about you guys, but can we scrap the tie? Like, can can we get rid of that already? Um, I'll say this. I'm not surprised by how overrated the AFC West was this season. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, this is going to be the Shadow Realm. This is going to be the Hunger Games. It's just like all the sports shows, Brett Carter, all them, every team from the AFC West were going to make the playoffs. I was even trying to sip the kool-aid i was like okay you know maybe you want to put the chargers and the cheese and maybe the raiders sneaking into a wild card spot no problem right <laughs> but then we have uh russell wilson come in i i kind of feel bad for him and sometimes i i don't like seeing athletes become like the laughing stock of whatever league they're in I, i'm just really not into that type of humor i guess but um <laughs> but it's kind of like low-hanging fruit it's like Broncos country, let's take a shit. <laughs> Broncos country, <laughs> like, right. uh, what are we doing here? So, um, yeah, I, I'm not really surprised by what's going on from the AC West. I'll tell you this though. Last thing I'll mention here: the NFC North is just a crap show. <laughs> I'm not gonna really go on a rant here, but it's crazy to think that the Vikings have ten wins right now. And nobody takes them seriously whatsoever. What they got like a four or five uh, game lead in the division? It, it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, but yet they go out and you know lay an egg against the Detroit Lions this past week. It, yeah, I'm just looking at this, and I mean, I I still think the Bills are coming out of the AFC. I I I, I really think that this is time. And Stephon Diggs, man, he's hungry. He wants it. So I've still got the Bills coming out of the AFC East. Oh, boy. Um, I had initially put the Buccaneers in there. Man, how crazy would that be if the Bucs pulled off a big upset and we got Brady in the Super Bowl again? Right now, it looks like the Bills and the Eagles are on a collision course, unless the Chiefs can take them down again. But I think, I think well, you know who else, though, Josh? Out of the AFC, watch the Bengals, man. They're having a great season too. Yep. And Joe Burrow is that dude. So uh, right now it's right now it looks like Bills and Eagles are on a collision course for the Super Bowl, but who knows? All right, really quick, as I got the ta- uh, as I got the mic here on the uh, table here, are we good? <laughs> oh yeah, we're doing this like you guys hear me still? I hear you great. All right, cool. Let's let's continue on here. Uh, thoughts yep. about the final month of 2022 as a whole. Uh, I guess he's asking, like, just in general, like, how's this year been for you? Just maybe wrestling related to uh, what? What's your thoughts? Yeah, 2022 has been in a crazy year. Um, good year in a lot of ways. Uh, finishing up a lot of things in my personal life and preparing for a wedding because that's that's happening next year. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, six months from Saturday, so it's crazy. Um, 
so that's coming up. Uh, yeah, it's been a really good, really good year. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on and great advancements with the show. Just some finishing up some personal life. Uh, wrestling wise, obviously, what a year it's been. Uh, obviously, you know, one of the biggest changes in WWE in the last 40 years taking place. And we're starting to see a new regime. And, um, obviously, you know, there was a, a big firing yesterday in WWE, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show. Um, I don't know if we got a question about that, but um, if we do get a question, we'll we'll talk about that eventually. But I, I think WWE is heading in the right direction. I think per usual AEW is heading in the wrong direction, and which which we knew what was going to happen. <laughs> but no, it's it's been a really good year. Um, I think uh, looking ahead though, 2023 is going to be one of the most pivotal years in the life of Derrico. And I'm looking forward to sharing that with all of you. I'm going to have new marriage, new job, new lots of other stuff happening. So big things popping, little things stopping in 2023. Um, really anticipating a great year that's going to be. But uh, yeah, 2022 has been 2022 has been good. 2022. It feels like Josh. It's been a more normal year this year. You know, as we I, I keep forgetting that COVID was still kind of. I mean, we knew it was a thing, but it was. COVID was still pretty high in 2020 at the beginning of 2022. And now it's really starting to, uh, to come off March is when things really started to, to open up back to normal. So it's, it, we're feeling like we're more back in normal times. I think 2023 is going to feel like a more normal year for everybody. You know, you, you but, brought up a good, you brought up a good point there about uh, COVID and stuff. And I feel like for me, um, when I look back over the last couple of years, I kind of feel like all of us have been living in a tunnel. And I think the sad part about it, outside of, of course, the unfortunate losses that people have had and family members that have fortunately passed away from this disease, uh, is um, um, kind of how fast time has gone since this thing initially started. I feel like a lot of stuff have happened and it's just gone in the blink of an eye. And before you know it, two years have gone by. Like, Think about it from my end. I was 26 <laughs> when uh, the pandemic started. Now I'm 28. Wow. You know, it's wow. like it's crazy how fast time goes by. And I feel like, if anything, um, this pandemic has taught me is uh, really appreciate what's in front of you and being present in the time of where you are in your life. You know, um, I, I'm really happy for you, Brad Carter, because I know. Um, you had a really long journey, not just professionally, but still going out of your way to do your educational classes and, you know, getting your degrees and stuff like that. But, you know, getting engaged is really one of the coolest things anybody could ever experience in their life. And um, I'm very happy for you. I have no doubts that good things are around the horizon <laughs> once you get closer to the wedding time. And I'm uh, not only that, but the fact, like you said, you're about to finish up your school, <laughs> schooling and taking classes and all that's about to be done. And you can just go on your journey and, you know, make millions and millions <laughs> and millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions but honestly, like for me, um, uh, no, it's been really cool for my end to see how much uh, this has been a successful year for you. Um, for me, um, I feel like I feel like this year has been a lot of soul searching and healing mm. on my end. Uh, I, I I kind of look at this year more of like a rebuild 
time of year for myself. Um, okay. Uh, at least personally, um, I think professionally, you know, I've had a couple of um, struggles deal with um, budget cuts and stuff with my transcripts, and that's been kind of frustrating. Uh, mm. But when it comes to this podcast, it's been a very, very good year for both of us with this show. Uh, I feel like what the hell is wrong with AW taking a, another step that I didn't think we would reach with this thing. Honestly, like when we first started this, I thought it would be like a, you know, maybe a two or three month thing that would be like a fun bit to do. And then eventually be people like, can you guys just do an AW view without bashing it? And <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, like I, I didn't think that was to be what the segment was, but. It, honestly, it's never really been just a full bashing session. No. <laughs> You're getting our real thoughts on how we observe the show. I have my views as somebody who covers it every week. And I got Bert Carter, who actually was old enough to understand what an actual alternative looked like during the Monday Night Wars. So you got right. two different perspectives here. And... Um, I'm very happy with the success that this show's had. Uh, I think more importantly for me, I'm just very happy for the fact that I can say my heart is healed from the tr- awesome. uh, stuff I've been dealing with. And I'm just, like, happy, you know? Like, things are going well at the apartment, and I, I really don't have a lot of complaints, to be honest with you. I, you know, outside of the, the stuff that was out of my control with the budget cut stuff, like, I still feel like I'm at the top of my craft when it comes to the transcripts, and... Life is good. That's awesome. Well, Josh, but first off, thank you for those kind words, and thanks, thank you for giving me a platform to just talk. You know, I, I always say that I'm just, I'm just a schmo who happens to be a wrestling fan who now just has a platform to give their thoughts. I'm not anybody special. I'm not anybody. You know, I'm not a. You know, I don't analyze things the way that you do. I just take the product for what it is at face value and, and give some thoughts about it. That's, that's really all I do. And um, so to have a platform to get to do that and to reach so many people is, is really awesome. And so I thank you, Josh, for that opportunity. I mean, think about how many downloads the show has gotten since what are we at? Like 600, how many downloads are we at now? Yeah. On anchor we're on 610 uh, plays and downloads. That's amazing. <laughs> that's a world. So just, and it's just, it's just, it's just so funny to think, you know, uh, to see you, Josh, how you've grown over these last couple of years. And I know this was, uh, your, your heart's feeling better. And I know that's, that's been awesome to watch you grow and get better and watch this thing grow. It's really, really, really cool. And I'm waiting to see when you're finally going to make that move down South. I know that's, that's a thing that we're, we're in, that's, we're in the works with, and that that'll be very cool when that happens eventually. But, uh, now I'm so proud of you. I just, I just think of Mac when this, back when this was the Josh Lopez wrestling podcast and, when you and Adam were doing the thing, and then I was fortunate enough to join you all, and now it's you and I. And it's just been so cool to see the show grow over these last six years now you've been doing the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So congratulations to you, man. Um, looking forward to great things to you in 2023, and uh, it's it's going to be a great 2023. And uh, looking forward to, to doing this show together. It's going to be great. Yes. Uh, yeah, we celebrate 300 episodes that's right yeah 300 episodes and you didn't Um, think you were going to come back after that 300th episode you thought it was over yeah i'm glad that we're still doing it i think that's the key thing that i've I've been realizing recently it's like we made the right decision to continue on here and think about it next week would be 40 40 episodes (laughs) since that 300th one again time's going by fast 
But, and, uh, and, it's, and it's just, it's, I'm glad to know that you realize that it's okay to take some time off, that you have a cast of characters that can fill in. You know, if you think about it, you know, our show is, you've got a bunch of personalities on any show. You've got yourself, me, we've got referee Tony, um, we've got, you know, all of our fans. We've got Nate, we've got Chris, what? Sam, what? <laughs> um, Patrick, you know, all the, all those guys. And, um, all those great fans and supporters. And I know there are more of you out there, but, um, and by the way, if you want to get involved in the show, we would love for you to get involved in the show. Do not be afraid to reach out to us. We, we, we would love to have you get involved, but uh, yeah, a great year for all of us and uh, looking forward to seeing what's going to happen in 2023. Yeah. And last thing we'll mention for this question, honestly, this has probably been the craziest year I ever had when it comes to covering <laughs> professional wrestling. <laughs> This is what the volume of amount of shows that have gone on this year, let alone all the outside of the ring nonsense that we have to sift through. <laughs> uh, it's been crazy. All right, here's the last question for Pat this week. He says, best Christmas movie and worst Christmas movie. Ooh. I actually don't watch a lot of Christmas movies. so Neither I do I. <laughs> so I don't know. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say controversy today, right? Best Christmas movie, Die Hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> here's the thing. And <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Here's one. I, I'm going to get a lot of heat for this. Everybody right. I talk to, I don't like a Christmas story. I don't like that movie. I just think the characters are so annoying. I do. And the, I dribbled out there, you. And you put your tongue on a floor. Like, who does that? Who does that? Now, I will say. The reboot is actually pretty good. If so, if you're on HBO Max to watch a Christmas story, story is actually pretty good. If you if you've seen the originals, it's actually pretty good. But I just don't like a Christmas story. I don't know. It's just me. Last thing I'll say though, and I promise I'll give it over to you, Josh. Uh, my fiance, the most important holiday of the year for her is Christmas. She's been starting Christmas planning since November first. So um, once I have crossed over into the um, you know, into into the life of unbachelorship, and I've basically signed my life away. Um, yes. There will be many more Christmas movie watching in my future and decorating, and I I'm about to enter a world of Christmas that I never thought possible. So there's that. But so there's mine. Josh, what about you? Are, are you an uh, undercover Grinch? No, I am not an undercover Grinch. I hey, I very much am a you know. A, you know my support of this show, and listen, as director of operations, I go up things and make things happen, right? I make the addition, I make the subtraction, I make the multiplication, the division, the fractions, the denominators, and all those operations. I go out and make it happen, baby. I give back because I am a philanthropist. I am a philanthropist. That's what I do. <laughs> all right. <laughs> when you're in positions of power, it's what you have to do. You, know, you have to give back to the commoners, to the scribes such as yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a little totem pole it's insane <laughs> I'm with the <laughs> at least in common <laughs> I, remember uh, Josh I am Sir Derrico I am royalty yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> I understand <laughs> alright um, you know what for me maybe this is just my age joy but my favorite Christmas movie of all time is The Grinch with uh, Jim Carrey oh yeah uh, that's my personal favorite Christmas movie. Um, like, I appreciate 
what Christmas is and what it's supposed to mean. What I don't like about Christmas in this time of year is the the need to change like pe- people's mood swings and how they carry themselves, especially towards Christmas. And I know a lot of that comes with stress of like what to buy people, yada, 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 stuff like that. But I feel like it's always right after Thanksgiving where people feel like they need to be crabby and snarky and stuff like that. And that really takes the fun out of what this like Christmas time of year is supposed to be like. Now, like I'm not a full, I'm not a a full Grinch. Um, I do think it's kind of odd that we're still celebrating Santa with some of the stories that have been out there and how Santa's acted malls and stuff like that. But we don't need to get into that. <laughs> we don't need to get to that. But <laughs> I mean, you can watch the bad Santa movies with Billy Bob Thornton so you can get a, a better picture. But <laughs> but honestly, though, uh, I, I'm not a full Grinch, but it's like I feel like a lot of it is just a time where a lot of people act phony and shady and mm. just different when they don't need to. So. That's my thoughts on that. Worst Christmas movie I ever seen. Um, God, man. <laughs> uh, I probably say the new one with Freddie Prince Jr. that I watched on Netflix the other day because <laughs> I was bored and had nothing to do. <laughs> uh, that that wasn't good. Uh, I, I'll tell you a good one though that I watched recently. It was called Holiday. It's with uh, Emma Roberts, who's the uh, niece of Julia Roberts. It's on Netflix. Uh, very oh. good movie. Basically, the premise of the story is that she's, like, struggled trying to find, like, her true love or whatever, so she makes this agreement. It's not, like, friends with benefits, but basically she has, like, a boyfriend for every holiday, for Easter, Hmm. for Thanksgiving. What? (laughs) Fourth of July. What? What? Halloween. What? What? (laughs) Yeah, so it's pretty cool, and then they... They batch it up at Christmas. It starts for Christmas and it ends at Christmas for a calendar oh, cool. year. It's a, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool movie. If you haven't seen it, it's called Holiday. It's H O L H O L I date. It's pretty simple to type out. Okay. Holiday. Yep. Uh, I think you. I, I think you. I think you and um, your lovely uh, soon to be bride would uh, enjoy that movie a lot. <laughs> Very good. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Check it out. <laughs> That's what we do no. here. I guess no. That's right. <laughs> All right. Next batch of questions here. We're going to go to our good brother, Chris Aletta at X-Team 24. Throw up the X for Chris, not for Punk. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to say this every week because it still remains true. Des Bryant did catch the ball <laughs> against the Packers in the playoffs. That's why I threw up the X. Screw the uh-huh. Packers and screw Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next questions here. All right, have they been, have uh, they been mathematically? Sorry, have they been mathematically eliminated? No, unfortunately not. Hopefully, they uh, lose this week. Um, who they got this week? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Let me here. I'll look it up and I'll tell you if they're gonna lose. All right, go ahead. All right, um, what up, Boost? Here's the questions for the Q and A this week. Brock Purdy, legit or cause of the current system he's in? <sighs> That's tough. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. Can we table that? Because I mm. almost think that. Well, it's hard to say though, Josh. Because uh, 
I think I feel like with that offense, you or I could go in and play quarterback and it would be fine. Just just give the ball <laughs> to Christian McCaffrey the whole time yeah. and it would be fine. But um, so I don't know. I think we'll really find out uh, this week because especially if Debo isn't playing, we'll really be able to find out because that's that's a big weapon. Um, Debo Samuel for them. So I'm going to say that the jury is still out on that one. I, d- I don't know. I will say, though, he looked pretty good in his last couple starts because you still do have to manage the offense. Like, you still have to manage the play calling on the field and, and stuff. But Well, you got to so play. <laughs> you got to play. <laughs> True. That, that's, that's the thing I don't understand in sports where people always have to add, add, like, add an asterisk towards a certain player because, oh, they're in a system. Oh, they're only good because, like, Andy Reid's their coach and stuff like that. Like, okay, sometimes I think people are kind of over the top with how they view Patrick Mahomes and say he's the great stinks and slice bread. Yeah, I, I get that. But <laughs> at the same time, you have to acknowledge what's in front of you, what you're in. And, like, uh, yeah, you may be under a great coach. I don't think the coach deserves 100% credit of everything you do. You still got to play. Uh, sure. You know, you know, we know I didn't need convincing that Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback of all time. But the fact that he won the Super Bowl the way he did in Tampa Bay against the Chiefs, as, as I just mentioned, I didn't I didn't need more convincing. It was right. Oh, yeah. There oh, no, there's no doubt. <laughs> the fact is you can win eight Super Bowls. I mean, that's that's with two different teams now. So now they always there were always the Brady Belichick debate. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Brady. Look at look what Belichick has been doing without Brady. I mean, look at his team this year. He's you have Mac Jones on the field, literally screaming and yelling at his offensive coordinators that they don't know what they're doing. Like, hello. I mean, I mean, it's kind of a bad look for Mac, where he has to be. He was a Pro Bowl last year, right? His rookie year, he was a Pro Bowler, and then when right. he gets to return, it's Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. That, that that's what he gets in return. You know what I mean? <laughs> that to me, that's on the coordinators, though. I mean, if 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 you have a Pro Bowl quarterback and you can't do anything with them, that's on the coordinators. But that's just me. But okay. um, yeah. But but all this to say, I, I hope Purdy does well. We're gonna find out more about him this week, and uh, we'll really see. Um, should be good. By the way, Josh, the Packers are playing the Rams in the Monday night game, so oh, don't God. care. That's gonna be a snooze fest. <laughs> Poor Maker Mayfield. He has to take the trip out to Lambo. <laughs> I feel bad for him. All right. Um, Dude, by the way, how about Baker? How about Baker, though? Holy crap. That was unbelievable. I, I kind of feel we were talking guilty. About after about we recorded last week. Yeah. That's, that's why I feel guilty because I was like, oh, you know, last week I was like, hey, our guy Adam Daly, his Raiders are playing tonight. And then they lose to Baker Mayfield. I, I kind of feel like we added some bad juju, uh, juju you know. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll give props for Chris. I thought that was pretty impressive for Baker. Just think about that. He had 48 hours to not only be part of the team, but try to figure out what their scheme is and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, not, and it's not easy. He led him on a 98 he in on a 98 yard drive to get the win so good for him that's great not a good look for Derek Carr though in that game. No, or Josh McDaniels uh, he's he's got to be on the hot seat I would think uh, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's a shame that owners can never be on hot seats but uh let's, yeah, no let's go to the next question 
What has been the best move in the MLB this offseason so far? Well, I'll tell you which one isn't. Carlos Correa getting $350 million from the San Francisco Giants. Like, what? I saw that. <laughs> he, he, he's a good player. He's all right. But is is he uh, Mike Trout, uh, Bryce Harper, uh, Aaron Judge? No. <laughs> Some of these cra- contracts that I've been seeing so far this offseason, Bro Carter, since we just coming off the heels of the winter meetings, it's been absolutely ridiculous to me. Like, well, go ahead. It's every time I see one of these giant baseball contracts, my first question is, where is the money coming from? Because, yeah. I mean, I get that you have to play 156 games. Like, I understand that. So there's lots of opportunities for ticket sales. But you don't have people that are going to attend 156 games. Like, I look at some of these games, and I'm like, where's the people? Show me the people, you know? Where are they so, at? Where are they at? The only thing I can think of is I had no idea that the TV rights, they must be getting a ton of money in TV rights. I had no idea that baseball on TV was still so popular. That, that, that's that got to be where the money's coming from, right? It's got to be because <laughs> I always see reports, especially here in Chicago, about how attendance is down 20% from where it was two or three years ago. And it, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. They must have the best I went to, TV deals in the history of sports to right. make this happen. I went to um I went to a Colorado Rockies game um this summer. By the way, that was a ton of fun. And Coors Field is um is a really nice Coors Field. Yeah, whatever yeah, their whatever their yeah their their field is. Yeah, yeah, it's a really nice field. By the way, um and that that was a lot of fun. The Rockies game was a lot of fun. Uh, we got some really good seats, so that was cool. Um, but I was looking around. And I was like, not a lot of people here. Like the stadium is half full, maybe. Yeah. So, again, where's the money coming from? I, I don't know. Uh, Xander Bogarts to the Padres. That's the third one they had. I think his was an 11-year deal for $300 million. Um, Aaron Judge, as if anybody was surprised, the Yankees were going to give him all the money he could just to stay there. Um, right. It, it's hard for me, Chris, to say what's the best one because I think What's really telling that a lot of these contracts are not going to be fruitful, if you will. I don't think you're going to get a lot of return on investment in a lot of these like contracts we've been seeing that been dished out. <laughs> so yeah. uh, let's go to the next question here. Um, for Chris, he says, should NJF pull the title till 2024? Ooh. Here's my initial thought is, who in the company is going to take it from him? There's one person that I think could take it from him. And he had a match with him last night. That's the only person I think that can take the title off of him right now. I mean. Are you saying who you want or who you actually think would take the title off? Well, I mean, well, I mean, sorry. Who I, who I think, who I would like to take the title. It's probably going to be. We'll get into this. Josh, why do I have this feeling that Olivier is going to be the one that takes the title off of him? Or Paige or somebody in the elite is going to take the title off of him? I just I just have this feeling. Yep. Writing's on the wall, pal. <laughs> Chris, as much as I would love to see MJF have a long title reign and he's more than worthy and he could handle that, 
distinction, if you will, to be the long reigning champion. I just I have to believe it to see it. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm kind of feeling nervous for the fact that MJF is probably going to fight Karen Danielson at Revolution in uh, March. And it would not surprise me if <laughs> Karen Danielson won the title. You got to remember, AEW makes a lot of decisions just to appease that low common denominator, their audience, and uh, their their decision-making is based on what WWE does and dirt sheets and what they want. It's not really what's best for their product, and that's my main concern with that question. You know, um, I agree. Let's go, let's go to the next one. What match are you looking forward to the most for Wrestle Kingdom this year? Good question. Um, I just finished uh, covering the New Japan World Tag League and Super Junior Tag League Tour. As I was telling you, Brother Carter, a few weeks ago, I've been doing this combo tour for New Japan. It just wrapped up on Wednesday, and uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi won the World Tag League. They'll be fighting FTR for the IWGP Tag Team titles at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Carl Anderson retained his uh, never open weight title, which was kind of cool to see. He's going to fight Tamatanga for the title at Wrestle Kingdom. So Carl Anderson still being contracted to WWE will still be allowed to perform at Wrestle Kingdom, which I think is a cool deal. But as far as the matches that are announced, uh, Chris, I think for me, I'm stuck between either Jay White and Okada, which is the main event for the IWGP title, or... Uh, for me, I, I am kind of intrigued to see what Olivier and Osprey put together because I think that's probably going to be a good match. So, those, those wow, you're you're actually looking forward to an Omega match? Again, I I enjoy Olivier's work in New Japan. <laughs> it's different. When oh, okay. We got carry on our wayward son and a whole bunch of bullshit that we got to deal with the other time. But yeah, I am I am intrigued for that match. Yes. And hey, who knows? I think maybe this FCR match with uh, Hiroki Goto Yoshihashi could steal the show. And then you got um, you got um, Zack Sabre Jr. and Ren Narita, which is they're introducing a new title. It's kind of a TV title, but for streaming purposes, they called it the NJPW World Television Championship. So they got new title they're debuting there. So it's going to be a cool card. And um, hey, the greatest female wrestler of all time is going to show up, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> which means she's going to show up on AEW to promote the show, which that is a marriage made in heaven right there. AEW and Sasha Banks. That's not. You ain't kidding. That's a perfect. You ain't kidding. All right. Yep. Back to football. Who will be the wild card seats for both the NFC and AFC? Ooh. Make this one quick. I, I, let me, let me pull quick. up my uh let me pull up my uh standings here. Let me see. Who are who are the wild card teams? Does, you know, does this mean like does this mean like who is gonna make it in? Or yes. who do we think is a is a sleeper team that could sneak in and actually make a run? No, just who's gonna be the wild card teams? Hmm. Okay, let me pull off. Let me pull off the NF, uh, NFL playoff picture. I'm just pulling that up here right now. Okay, who's? I'm just pulling it up right now. This is on NFL.com, and who's still in the hunt? Ooh. Um. 
Man, Josh, you want to go ahead while I'm looking it up here? Yes. Um, okay. For me, I think it'll be the Cowgirls. What? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think the Commanders will make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say it. The brand new Lions. Wow. The Lions are going to get the last spot. Wow. <laughs> you know, Josh, I I don't disagree with you. That would be tremendous. And I I really think that Dan Campbell is a good coach. I do. I think he's just had some bad luck, and I like it. I like it. Okay. Looking at this here. Um, let's see. From the AFC – uh, I definitely think Dolphins are getting in. The Chargers could sneak in there, I think. Uh-huh. Um, any of the Ravens or the Bengals. Um, yeah, definitely the Cowboys. I'm going to say the Seahawks are going to get in. Yeah. The Seahawks should get in. I like your pick of the Lions too, man. I like that pick. I think they're going to sneak in in that seven seed. Now, they're hey. going to get creamed. They're going to get yes. creamed in the first round, but or or they beat the Cowboys. In... <laughs> hey, say with me, everybody, as you're watching, listen. Say with me, brand new new lions. lions. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> also, be patient. Just wait. The fall is coming. Yes. The fall <laughs> is coming in Dallas. I can't wait. The yes. accident oh. happens around. Just wait. The accident. Wait and stick around. Just wait. <laughs> All Let's right. Look, for, really quick for me, for the uh, ASC, I think it's going to be the Ravens. I, I yep. think the Bengals are going to win the division. The Ravens are just not a downfall, especially with this Lamar Jackson injury. I yep. got that. Uh, Dolphins remain the same at six. And then I'm going to have to see how this game plays out in Carolina this weekend. But I'm going to say that the Steelers are going to sneak in. Wow. Seven. Okay. Really? Above the – you have the Patriots in? No, I don't. You think the Patriots are going to are going to fall out? Because they're seven and six right now. I think they're going to fall out. And honestly, okay. Massage Boy is not going to do anything for the Browns. Sorry, sorry, Eddie, but uh, yeah, massage boys no. look like computer ass so far since he's no, they're, come back. They're terrible. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Steelers. That's interesting. Hmm. All right. Oh, Favorite how about match, this one? But... Oh, Josh, I got one more for you. Yeah. How about them? The J E T S. How about those New York Jets? If they can uh. <laughs> kind of hang on, maybe, maybe. I just think it's funny that they're still holding out hope that Zach Wilson might come back before season ends. So they're, they cancel each other out. And the only reason I'm not putting the Chargers in at seven is because their stupid head coach who thinks it's okay to go on fourth down every single time, no matter where they are on the field. So, right. <laughs> um, all right, next question. Favorite match from NXT deadline for anybody that did watch the premium live event. Uh, for me, my favorite one was the men's deadline match. I thought it was fantastic. Um, Grayson Waller stole the victory for Carmelo Hayes. A lot of people are upset about it. 
Be mad about it. <laughs> Grayson Waters is a great heel. Uh, I, I think he's tremendous. So uh, I thought that was a good match. And also, if you haven't watched it, go check out Braun Breaker against Apollo Crews. Very, very good match for the NXT Championship as well. Nice. All right. Um, oh, how about this? Do you think Phoenix or Pencil will get an AEW Championship reign? Uh, unfortunately, no. I have to be proven no otherwise. No, the one, the only person out of that group that could get a title reign, I, I think, or who I think deserves it is Pack. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. Last one here for Chris. He says, um, thoughts on Roxanne Perez becoming the brand new NXT Women's Championship. Brian Carter, did you hear this or did you get to see it? I did. I did. I get to see it. Um, and I, I, I have obviously mixed things. Um, first off, congratulations to Roxanne Perez. I think she deserves it. I think at oh, she's like, what, 21 now, 22 years old? Yep. And she's already at this point in her career. I think she could go down. If she keeps on this trajectory, she may go down to have one of the great careers of all time. She is just, you know how we, we talked about this last week with MJF. You know how some wrestlers just have it. Yeah. Roxanne Perez has it. She has got the it factor. So congratulations to her. Um, What I've been, the reports I've been seeing was that this had always been the plan was for her to take the title it was just going to happen later on in the year. Um, yeah. And we'll get into all that here in just a little bit. But um, I saw the match. So happy for Roxy, for Roxanne Perez, also known as Roxy. And um, I think she's going to have a long and fruitful reign as NXT champion. All right. Thank you, Chris, for the questions as always. Last last batch of questions here. We got a lot of them from Nate the Great. He's back. He oh, nice. To the questions this week. So and, we're gonna uh, speed through but, these. Uh, go, yeah. yeah, we're gonna have to rapid fire through these. Yep. Yes. Um, we're gonna speed through these. There are a lot of them, so we'll just uh, keep this going here. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Psycho Nagiri, if you will. All right. Uh, first one: Does winter ever affect your mood? I certainly get seasonal depression. Yeah, uh, it's for me. It does just because I don't like cold weather. But um, yeah, okay. I, I tend to be <laughs> a little bit uh, just not as happy in the winter time because I, I just don't like it. Um, but, um, so yeah, I would say so, especially when we're getting to like December and January, if you go outside and it's like, I'm here in Colorado and it was minus five, it's just, it's just not fun. So I say a little bit, but again, mostly all of my happiness and Josh, you talk about this too, at the end of our show comes from within. So if you can just be happy about where you are in life, you can overtake that. But yet to answer your question, yes, I do. Um, I, I don't get seasonal, seasonal depression. Uh, like, like for me, I, I'm so really tied into just being present and living for today. Cause tomorrow's not guaranteed. And, um, I, I don't know. I just feel like I, I can't use a season as an excuse to be moody and crappy. You know, I just, I just don't really believe in that. Or just like the people that are just mopey on Mondays because, Oh, I'm back at work, so I got the case of the Mondays. Like I, I, I think think that's stupid. Okay, everybody goes to work on Monday. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> um, let's go to the next one here. What's one well, song you wish you? Wait, just, all I'll say about that is, if you are going to a job that you don't like, you got to take hold of your life, man. If you're getting up yep. and you're not happy about going to work on Monday, then you need to find another job. Go do what you want to do. Find your gift. And go make money at what your gift is. That's all I'm gonna say. Yes. Live your life, pal. Let's do it. Don't um, exist. How about, Live. How about this one? 
What's one song you wish you knew how to play on a guitar? Oh man, Ooh. great one. Um, you got one uh, the first one that comes to. Yeah, I've got two. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Thunderstruck by ACDC. <laughs> to be able to play nice. that opening guitar riff would be cool. And the yeah. other one, and this is going to sound, if you want to call me a, a nerd, a nerd or whatever, that's fine. But I think the greatest theme song to any television show of all time is the Power Rangers theme song. I think it bops, dude. So to be able to play that, okay. I think would be awesome. <laughs> so it bops. Nerd! Fine. I don't care. <laughs> no, it's, the no, greatest, I'm it's the greatest theme song of all time. No, I'm, I'm not calling you a nerd. I, I, I like I liked Power Rangers a lot growing up as a kid as well. Uh, by the way, uh, T's and P's, Jason uh, David Frank, uh, unfortunately passed away uh, a couple weeks ago. I saw that. Uh, very sad to see. Um, well, just know, oh, just another word, man. If if you need help, talk to somebody. Don't just don't just wallow in your own thoughts. Just we saw another one this week. Um, there was a rap a rap artist that uh, took his own life. A Twitch, I think, is his name. Yeah, he was a producer for uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. At, at crazy, age man. of 40, man, this very, very sad. It, don't feel like you can't talk to anybody, honestly. It, it'll Absolutely. do you more favors than you realize. Open up. Open up. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, for me, I'm going to say Let There Be Rock, since we're talking about uh, ACDC songs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's a great song. Drums and guitar. Oh, Let There Be Rocking. Uh, That's a great song. One, um, I think for me, uh, the, the only other one I want to do is, uh, once I haven't learned yet, is uh, Smooth by uh, Carl Santana and Rob mm. Thomas, which is a late 90s uh, classic. <laughs> and I, They played that song every day on the radio. I remember as a kid during that time when they were playing that. By the way, something you guys may not know about me, I'm a big Matchbox uh, 20 fan. I oh, nice. Yes. Me too, actually. I like Matchbox 20 a lot, too. I thought it's a great artist. Um, Rob Thomas and just that whole band, I thought they were terrific. Yes. If, if You're Gone is my favorite song from Matchbox 20 or Back to Good. That's another good one. Oh, good choices. I like a 3 a.m. <laughs> I like 3 a.m. too. Yeah, that's a fun one to play. With a capo, by the way, which I'm holding Ooh, right now. very nice. <laughs> All right, no. next question here. No. Who are your musical idols since we're talking about music here? Oh, man. Well, uh, I'm a drummer. So growing up, um, it was definitely Lars Ulrich. And um, he was a big one. Travis Barker, uh, Neil Peart. Um, yeah, some of the truly great drummers. Uh, the two big one for me was Lars Ulrich and Neil Peart. I think they were just fantastic drummers growing up. Um, you know, John Lennon, I think Paul McCartney are some of the greatest songwriters and artists of yeah. all time. Oh, gosh, um, there's so many good ones. Um, now I think of like, um, there's a mezzo-soprano, Renee Fleming, who I think is incredible, Yo-Yo Ma, Itzhak Perlman, Um Gosh, there are just so many. Uh, Chris Martin, trumpet player. Gosh, just so many. Um, Flea on bass. I was a big fan of Flea on bass. I thought he could throw down. Uh, those are just a few off the top of my head. What about you, Josh? What, what about the drummer from Dave Matthews? I forgot the name of his. I forget his name, too, but he was good. Oh, um, uh, hold on. Uh, Dave Grohl is another one. Yeah, Dave Grohl is tremendous, yes. From absolutely. Foo Fighters, yeah. Yes. Um, 
my inspiration is a little different because I play guitar. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, if I had to pick one for percussion, because that was my main like, if I did concert band, I was a percussion player, so we did a lot of xyl- xylophones, timpanis, wind chimes, <laughs> uh, just oh, a lot wow. of fun instruments. Um, uh, Roy Ayers was a, a really talented uh, xylophone player from the seventies. He's a R and B singer and played albums mm. was really really good player um but for me for guitar reasons is george harrison uh george harrison oh, yeah. is the reason why i wanted to become a guitar player he's my favorite guitar player of all time um i'm also my favorite band of all time is the eagles so uh glenn fry and uh don henley are inspirations to me from their songwriting point of view uh joe walsh and Don felder who are the guitar players were another uh, good source of inspiration for their guitar playing. Um, I really like Kurt Cobain. Oh, good <laughs> and, choice! And how he how he carried himself uh, uh, musically. Um, you can go back to Santana, like I mentioned before. I got a couple mm. other ones like Johnny Gill, um, who's oh. a singer. Uh, big, R- I'm a big R and B fan, so I really like his work. Of course, I'd be remiss without mentioning Biggie Smalls uh, from a rap point of view. Um, I, got, I got a lot of that. But I, I say, I, if I had to pick my Mount Rushmore of music idols for me, it's George Harrison, Glenn hmm. Fry, Biggie, and um, Santana. Good choices. So those are my four. Awesome. Good choices. All right. Who's the Michael Jordan of the Blackhawks? Um, I'll take this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's either Bobby Hall or Patrick Kane. Uh, I'd love to get Sam's thoughts on this, but I think it's either Bobby Hall or Patrick Kane were probably the best Blackhawk players of all time. Yeah, I, I, the first name I thought of was Patrick Kane. Um, yeah, so there you go. Hey, Ed Belfour is a good goalie for y'all for a long time. Yep. Also, shout out to uh, Marion Hosa, who also had his uh, jersey retired here. Uh few weeks ago, I think. Maybe a month ago. Awesome. Whatever it was. Great player. Definitely a future Hall of Famer. Uh, <laughs> uh, this. Do you ever get sick of Chicago-style pizza? <laughs> um, I don't... Believe it or not, I really don't have Chicago-style pizza all the time, to believe, believe it or not, when I do order pizza. I'll tell you this. One pizza I wish I had more of that I don't get a chance to like, eat a lot is um, New York New York style pizza i really don't mm. have it a lot and i wish i tried it more maybe i could appreciate it but there's always these debates about which pizza is better and stuff like that we don't need to get to that right now <laughs> um what is, what, i know you've been here to the city a bunch of times but carter what's your thoughts on our pizza well i mean i only get to sample it once every year once every two years but every time i do i i enjoy it i i yeah. that deep dish style i think is just terrific um, a lot of people say that Luminaldi's or Giordano's are kind of the there's that that's the debate between the two restaurants. Yeah. Um, and there, a lot of people say, oh, those are just the chains. But I, I think they're both really good. Um, I'm a Giordano's guy myself, but uh, I, I, I think the New York's the deep dish style pizza is terrific. And, you know, next time I'm up there, I hope I get to sample it again. Yeah. Luminaldi's Luma could take a trip to Philly because it's trash. <laughs> all right let's go to the next one here who do you think is the best bad team in nfl he says i gotta go lions 
Honestly, Nate, I got to tell you, I don't think the Lions are a bad football team, so I can't pick I don't them. Think they are. <laughs> I don't think they are either. Um, who is the best bad football team? I'm just looking at the thing here. Bucks. Oh, I, I, I got one, Josh, and I think I might, based on our segment, I think this might be a problem. I think the best bad team might be the Jaguars. Oh. They might be. You got Trevor Lawrence. You got Trevor Lawrence. You got Christian Kirk. You got Travis Etienne. They're all starting to play a lot better. Um, they might be the best bad team because I don't. I agree with you. I don't think the Lions are a bad team, so you can't put them in that category. I'm gonna go with the Bucks by default. There's not a lot of. The yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go Bucks because they've got TB12. But yeah. uh, Chiefs yeah. or Eagles? Who? Who? Who gets upset in the playoffs? Ooh. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Eagles because uh, Mahomes is seasoned. Eagle uh, Jalen Hurts isn't. Yeah. We don't know if Jalen Hurts can play under pressure. We know Mahomes can. Who's your favorite football player of all time? Ooh. I haven't been following NFL that long. So um, I've only started really getting into NFL in the last five, six years because I've been a college player, a college guy uh, my my whole life mostly. Oh, boy. I'll give you my favorite. I don't know if he's the greatest of all time, but I'll give you my favorite. It's Patrick Mahomes. And I think think what Mahomes can do with a football is – I still think he's the best player in the NFL right now until somebody can prove me otherwise. Um, But my favorite is Patrick Mahomes. For Bear, I'll go with Devin Hester. Mm. And then uh, for me, outside of Chicago, I'll go with Peyton Manning. That's my favorite. Mm. Uh, Good favorite choice. Yep. Um, should Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire get into the Hall of Fame and Pete Rose? Yes and yes. You should not uh, penalize these guys for making your baseball league relevant during the late 90s. Yep. MLB was the thing I remember as a kid. That was more popular than uh, the NFL during that time period. And it was because of Sosa McGuire. Stop the bullshit. And there's no reason why Pete Rose should not be in the Hall of Fame. So, yes to all three of them. Very and good. Barry Bonds, too, while we're at it. Yep. <laughs> Take that, Mad Dog. All right. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. <laughs> Mad Dog. Oh, hang on. Hang on. All right. I'm. He says, I'm a pretty casual New Japan viewer, so I have to ask, is Strong their 205 Live or NXT or neither? Should the Strong title and tag titles be defended at Wrestle Kingdom? I'll take this quick. Um, yeah, it's kind of their developmental brand, but it's also their U.S.-based territory, so it's kind of a cool deal they have here. I do think they should have their titles be represented since it is Wrestle Kingdom, so I don't, I don't see why they, that would be a problem. Um, as of now, what match are you most excited for at Wrestle Kingdom? I mentioned JY Okada. Um, who is someone who is underutilized in New Japan? Damn you, Chris Jericho. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii. That's who's underutilized. Give him a world title shot, damn it. <laughs> All right, let's go to the last set of questions here. We got three more. It says, um, how well do you think Chris Bay and Ace Austin have done in New Japan and in Bullet Club? 
they they were fantastic. I thought they did a great job in the Super Junior Tag League. Uh, they were in the finals. They lost to Leo Rush and Yo. Uh, so Leo Rush and Yo will be uh, taking on the United Empire for those junior tag titles at Wrestle Kingdom. So that should be a pretty good match. Uh, I think they, I think they're good uh, for what they've done. Um, they've done some good stuff in Impact as well as a tag team. So, uh, so far, still good with those two guys. Um, could Bushi ever break through and be a never open weight or U.S. champion? No. Um, <laughs> look, I enjoy Bushi's work. Uh, he is on the little tone pole of Lij. I just don't see him becoming a singles champion like that. Uh, last question here. He says, how much of stardom have you seen before? What caught your eye uh, the most? Um, I, I only got to see the, um, what was it? The crossover show with uh, New Japan and stardom that they did about a month and a half ago, Bird Carter, mm-hmm. which is really cool. They had stardom people fight New Japan. Stardom is the main Japanese women's promotion out there, and it was very, very cool, and your your uh one of your favorite waterfalls, uh Kyrie Sane is the current IWGP women's champion. Out That's there. awesome. I my only which is great. Yeah. My only concern about that is now yeah. she's gonna show up randomly on AEW and I'm just gonna be like, Ugh. Yeah. I, I can't wait for Britt Baker and Kyrie Sane on Rampage. <laughs> on that note, folks, that is the wrap up for this week's Edition of the Back Porch Q&A session. As always, if you want to participate, send us a question to thehoospodcast at gmail.com or at thehoospodcast on Twitter. Now we pass this floor back to Brother Carter here for our year-end special awards. Yay! Let's applaud. Round of applause for the year-end special. Yes. Looking forward to handing out our awards. And and what I basically what I thought we would do, Josh, is I'm just going to give out a few categories, just a, a few things I thought of. Um, yeah. If there's any categories you want to mention, we can certainly do that. We let, let, and in our go ahead. Let, let's use all the ones that you mentioned in the in our chat box. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so I have some ideas for some thoughts, and we'll talk about those. And I just want to say at the head of time that we are very unbiased in this. We we tell it like it is. We don't get payoffs from bookers to give awards. We actually give actual awards of what we think um, are the best ones. So. I'm going to start let's uh let's start with Josh and by the way for every category we're going to give a best and we're going to give a worst so okay. that we have a great award and a raspberry award. So I want to start with you Josh and I'm going to say show of the year, best show of the year, worst show of the year. Okay. Best show of the year for me is Clash of the Castle mm. uh, for WWE. Uh Drew McIntyre Roman Reigns is up there for my match of the year. One of them is not my main one, but just the atmosphere, the entire show from top to bottom was fantastic. The crowd in the UK, it was really special. It was something like pre-COVID time special of how much the energy they brought to that show. Uh, Classic Castle was my favorite show of the year that I got to cover. And then the worst one, it's all out. <laughs> it's not close. It's all out. <laughs> First off, the show went way too long. They had unnecessary time changes, and you basically had a brawl that made your company look low, low rent, even lower than GCW. So I am gonna <laughs> go with All Out as the worst show of the year. Even though your boy won the world title, yes, <laughs> especially that. 
Yeah, um, Josh, it's funny. I agree with you on both of those things. Uh, my only thing that might rival it would be WrestleMania Night 1, and that's just because of the return of Cody Rhodes and um, Kevin Owens and Steve Austin main eventing yeah. Night 1, which was great, and Austin Theory taking the stunner, McAfee taking the stunner. Uh, or did that happen Night 2? That was Night 2. Yeah, but, 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 but the main event of Night 1 was Austin versus KO. So, uh, so that between, but I agree with you, Josh. That class at the Castle Show was unbelievable. And then my for worst show of the year, I have either All Out, and mostly that's just because of the media scrum that followed and how <laughs> how they AEW really that right there is the beginning of the end of AEW. So in some ways, you could call it the best show of 2022 because it is the it'd be the end of the the downfall of AEW. So I have that. Um, I have uh, either All Out or um, or Revolution just because uh, Hangman Page feeding Adam Cole, eh, don't care about that. So those are our best and worst shows of, of the year. Um, I got one for you, Josh. Um, rookie of the year. And this will we'll do just a positive one for you. Um, rookie of the year. Who would you have as rookie of the year? I know a lot of people would expect to like pick like Austin Theory. You know, stuff like that. But I don't consider him a rookie. Right. I don't. Um, so for me, rookie okay. of the year. Can you get a little closer to your mic, Josh? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I think for me, um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Roxanne Perez. Mm. I wanted to go with Hook. This would be different, but I'm going to go with Roxanne Perez as rookie of the year. I was going to say either Roxanne Perez or Cora Jade, because I think Cora Jade's had an incredible year as well. Um, if Hook would have gotten more TV time, I would have said Hook because I think Hook is tremendous. Um, but I've got um, for for that I've got uh, I'm going to go with Roxanne Perez as well with Cora Jade being a close second because I think Cora Jade's going to have a great year in 2020. Uh, 2023. Speaking of which, let's transition now. Who was your breakout star in 2022, and who will be your breakout star in 2023? All right. Um... Breakout. I'm gonna go. Breakout for me this year is um. Man, it's hard to pick. <laughs> There's so many choices to go for a lot of different companies too. That's the thing. Um, I'm gonna go with shit. Um, man, I, this one's really stumping me. Um. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Liv Morgan, uh, as breakout for 2022. I, I think, I think her year collectively was very good. Um, she got a big shiny moment at Money Bank and became the SmackDown Women's Champion. I thought she was a victim of the fickle WWE universe, and I don't take that as a shot towards her. It's more of the audience being fickled, not really knowing what they really want at the end of the day. And I think that, um, um, I think Liv Morgan deserves that praise and adulation. Uh, as we get into 2023, um, I think it'll be a bigger year for uh, Braun Breaker. Uh, I think it'll be a, a good year for uh, the Dante Martins of the world, uh, for AEW. 
Um, I, I can't really save Josh Alexander from impact because Josh Alexander has been a great uh, performer for many, many years. So it's really hard to say, oh, Josh Alexander is going to be a breakout performer. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I, I would say look out for uh, Killer Kelly for 2023 on the female side. Uh, I think uh, 2023 is going to be good to her uh, on impact. I think Core Jate is another step in 2023 as well. And if I have to pick another one, um, you know, I, I I think Carmel Hayes probably deserves some praise here. So I'll go with him as a breakout as well for 2022. But my main ones for breakout are Carmel Hayes and Liv Morgan. And then for 2023, I can see like Dante Martin and Killer Kelly and some other people outside of AEW and uh, WWE probably take the next step uh, for next year. Awesome. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I had to rent take care of something, but I'm good. Yeah. Um, for my breakout star for 2022, and I know he's been on a trajectory, but I'm going to say MJF. I think MJF is the breakout star of 2022 just because he. Yeah, we all knew how good he was, um, but he's really taken it to the next level. Um, so I would say either him, uh, some honorable mentions, I would say the acclaimed. Definitely had a had a great year this year, and they're finally starting to come into their own as a as a legitimate team. Uh, I also would throw in there um, either Roxanne Perez or Cora Jade. I've got of my breakout stars for 2022. I think that they're um, really starting to have great seasons and starting to come out uh, and move forward. Um, breakout stars for 2023. I've got uh, Ricky Starks. I think we can. I think we're starting to see the ascension of Ricky Starks. Um, Hook, I hope Hook, that they're finally going to actually do something correctly with Hook. But I, I, I give all of our breakout stars in AEW an asterisk because you just never know how they're going to be booked because they just, they just, AEW doesn't know how to book a television program. So um, there you go. Um, some other potential breakout stars, I think. Um, this, I don't know if you could consider him a breakout star because he's already a star, but who could take a big leap? Watch out for Braun Breaker in 2023. Uh, you know, if, if he ends up making it up to the main roster, I think that could be that could be huge. Um, who else? Uh, who else could have a huge 2023? Yeah, I, I'm just trying to think of um, who could potentially have a great 2023. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stick with Ricky Starks and Hook. Maybe Braun Breaker and maybe Cora Jade. Those will be some breakout stars for 2023 um, for me. Yeah. Very good. All right, well, moving. I, go I ahead. Wanted, I, quick, I just wanted to mention, I wanted to go with Wardlow, but such the fallout for him after yeah. the double or nothing, I just I can't go with that. I can't either. Yeah. And that sucks because I, I I thought Wardlow had potential, but he um he he succumbed to, to AEW's booking. Okay, here we go. This is going to be a fun one. Best announcer and worst announcer. Oh, this, one's, uh, this one for me is easy. Best announcer, Pat McAfee, by far. I think Pat McAfee is the best announcer um, by far. The worst announcer is, I, it's a toss-up between Excrement and Skiavone. I'm going to go with Skiavone uh, just because he tries <laughs> so hard to be Mean Gene, and he's not, and he says, it's Sting! And it makes me want to vomit every time because this is not WCW 90s. So I've got Pat McAfee as my best. And I'm going to go with Shivani as my worst. Who do you have? Uh, for my best, it's a two-way tie with uh, Kevin Kelly and Michael Cole. Oh. Um, I think this has been a 
one of Cole's best years, uh, especially over the last couple months. Uh, Kevin Kelly is my favorite announcer in wrestling today uh, with New Japan. He's just phenomenal. Um, let's see who else here. Worse? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Corey Graves. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think Corey Graves has really brought down the quality of Raw uh, this year. And, you know, everybody can make excuses about the show being three hours and blah, 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 and booking and this and that. Honestly, there was a lot of shit that went on in the attitude era, but guess what? JR and the King kept you interested into the show as it was going on, even when the stupid stuff was going on and Vince Russo was booking the show. So that's not an excuse. Uh, your narrators are the one that should keep you energized while watching the show uh, and not having a patronizing, snarky, wannabe, uh, how you know who to pick out of the litter, like JBL ripoff is, it, it, I'm sorry, I got to go with Corey Graves. I just think for me, if I went with Excalibur, I just think it would be low-hanging fruit. It's kind of like mute, I guess, for me, but I'm going to go with Corey Graves. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um, no, it's, I, he has diminished uh, in quality greatly, and I'm not a fan of that. Okay. Um, most improved, Josh. Most improved. All right. Who do you have for most improved this year? Most improved? I, man. <laughs> I've got a couple off but, the top of my head. Um, I've got Angelo Dawkins as most improved. I think, I think he's really turned it around. Um, for sure. I got the acclaimed. They've really turned things around and they've won me over big time. Um, so those are a couple that I can think of as most improved. Dominic Mysterio is another one I think could win most improved award. What he's been doing recently with his, with the judgment day and that heel character he's playing, he plays a chicken shit heel really well. I was, I've been very impressed. So those are a few that come to my mind for most improved. I got two. Okay. Rhea Ripley and Jamie Hayter. I got two ladies. Those are my two picks. Yeah, good choices. Good choices. I would agree with those as well. Um, good stuff there. Okay. Best match of the year, worst match of the year. Okay. Well, worst match of the year is going to be hard because we could pretty much just name anything on AEW television. But <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> um Oh, man. This is so you know, let, let's just do best match of the year, or your match of the year. No, we, we can do worse as well, but... Uh, okay. I'll give you three. Okay. Okay? Because um, I had to add New Japan to this. I, I, I just think it'd be unfair to not mention them. Sure. Um, Will Ospreay and Okada for night two of Wrestle Kingdom this past year was phenomenal. Uh, I really loved that match. Also... Uh, Gunther and Sheamus from Clash of the Castle is up there for me. And then my last one is SJF and CM Punk from uh, the Dynamite in Chicago. So nice. I've got, a, I've got a couple as well. Um, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, Hell in the Cell. I thought that was what Cody Rhodes was able to do wrestling. Like when he took off that coat and had showed his pectoral injury, he was still able to go. That was awesome. I thought the first one um, that they had it was it payback. Um, that that was matchup the year. Backlash. Backlash. Sorry. Yep. Um, was uh, that's for the longest time was my match of the year, and then I saw Hell of a Cell. So that one, um, I've got Roman and Drew up there from Clash of the Castle. 
um, I thought was absolutely terrific. Um, and I know I didn't, um, I know I didn't get to see it, but uh, what from what I've heard, it was phenomenal. I'm going to say FTR versus the Briscoes too at um, the the match they had at ROH over the summer. I heard that was just that it was just phenomenal. So I'm going to go with those three as some matches of the year as well. Also, if you guys like tag team wrestling, you guys should check out FTR against Aussie Open from uh, Royal Quest in uh, Purdue, Japan. That was a very, very good match. Got it. Okay. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Worst match of the year. Oh, worst match of the year. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to say these trios matches that we're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> the best of seven. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I say that is, and we'll talk about this when we get into the show, but for me, it's there is no doubt in my mind that all six of these guys are incredible athletes. They, they, you, you can't deny that they are really, really just fantastic athletes. But we're basically going to see the same match seven times in a row. Yeah. So how can you even, like, it's like, okay, we've seen this. Don't care. So. I, I got one. Okay. Anarchy in the arena, double or nothing. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. Good choice. Good choice. Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, Okay. And now we want to introduce a couple of awards, Josh, that I know you've been looking forward to. And then we'll get into uh, uh, wrestlers of the year. The first one, the Aubrey Edwards Medal of Shame. (laughs) <laughs> you mentioned this i thought it was great the aubrey edwards medal of shame award <laughs> there it is there's the graphic don't wait for it <laughs> yeah where is it uh, i saw it in the upper corner there there it is no not in the background <laughs> what are we doing here <laughs> see this this is what the aubrey edwards medal of shame does it causes our graphics yeah. not to work correctly there it yes <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh, God. So, Josh, this award is uh, given to the most delusional person in 2022. We've got a long list. Who is your most delusional person of 2022? Most delusional? Um, Dave Meltzer. Yep. Uh, I wanted to add Brandon Thurston in there, too, because, you know, he, yeah, he does the whole thing with, like, adding numbers and stuff, but you can tell that he wants AEW to be better than WWE because he's not, like, those investor calls, and that's how some people the media act. Uh, I'm going to go with Meltzer. Um, even though there's been times where he's been critical of AEW, uh, I'm sorry, I got to call what it is. You want to talk about delusional? You have a picture of Aubrey Edwards and Seltzer next to each other. It, it's like <laughs> the double standards, the talking on both sides of his ass when things are good for one company but it isn't for another. Uh, just his delusion. And uh, he said, oh, he said this morning, I watched a clip, he talked about last night's Dynamite. He's like, oh, I think it's one of the greatest shows they ever did. What? Did he really say that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The inaugural recipient recipient of the Aubrey Edwards Medal of Shame is Dave Meltzer. <laughs> yeah. I can't disagree with you, Josh. Uh, the only time he was called out, the only time he called out AEW's bullshit 
is when so much of the internet has finally turned on AEW that he had no choice but to say, well, yeah, it wasn't great. Oh, no. It was still good, but it wasn't great. It was... Yeah, no. Meltzer and with a close, with uh, Brian Alvarez being a close second uh, for most delusional of the year. The other awards I want to get, uh, want you to hand out, Josh, is the Yon Club Awards for 2022. And for those, uh, Josh, for those of you that may be tuning in, can you explain what Yon means to our audience? Yes, you, you're a Nimrod Award. Yes. <laughs> uh, yep. Um, go ahead. Actually, I go ahead. Yes, I'm gonna bring my mic closer so you guys can hear Thank me. Thank you. Well. Yes. Uh, yes. Good. That's... Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go for this award. We're gonna do this every year. This is gonna be our Hall of Fame award. So you have five people every year getting nominated into the Young Club. Right. Um, now all these are all professors at uh, DSU, Dipshit uh, <laughs> University. <laughs> They're all involved here. <laughs> um, and here's our first class, okay. of the 2022 Young Club. Great. Brian Alvarez. Yes. Okay. The Disco Inferno. Two. JD from New York. Oh, God. That's three. Four. Chris Jericho. Mm, good choice. And number five, Tony Khan. Bravo. Bravo. I like it. Yep, that's uh, that seems like a pretty good class to me. That's They are all Nimrods, and they are an indictment on the wrestling industry, and they need to go home and stay home. Yes, Bravo. <laughs> All right. couple more awards, Josh, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Tag team of the year. I'm throwing, Usos. I'm throwing up my one right now. Yep. No doubt. Usos. Um, with FTR uh, a close second. I've got, F, I've got F, uh, Usos with FTR. Um, close second. Great. Worst tag team? Oh, worst tag team. Ooh. Can I say the Young Bucks? <laughs> you could, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Young Bucks just because, not just again, mostly because what they do outside of the ring and just how annoying they are and how they think they're God's gift to wrestling outside of the ring. I've got the Bucks as the worst team of 2022. Oh man, there's a lot to choose from. There are a lot. <laughs> I could go with maximum male models. Um, oh yeah, I could go. Um... <laughs> You mentioned the Bucks there. Uh, <laughs> my pick for worst tag team of 2022, and this goes out to referee Tony. This goes out to everybody that's a New, a New Japan fan. This goes exclusively to the House of Torture. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yes. It's either the House of Torture or, listen to this, can't no. believe I'm saying this. 2.0. Oh. 2.0 is up there. And then the other one I wanted to mention here is, uh, as we're doing this is Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. <laughs> Not only for what they did in AW, but for Ric Flair's last match as well. <laughs> <laughs> <Got him. laughs> 
Oh, What's the next one? All right. All right. Female superstar of the year, best and worst. Uh, Bianca Belair. Uh, it's not close to me. I think it's Bianca yep. Belair. Yep. Uh, worst. Sasha Banks. Oh, good choice, man. Um, I was gonna go with Willow Nightingale as worst, but I can't. You're right, Josh. It's it's Sasha Banks for, or as I call her, overrated Banks. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you, Bianca and Sasha. That's 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 it. No problem there. I mean, I could go with Marina Shafir, but that's not it. That's not. I don't think she's been on television enough to to warrant that. Um, can we give her a award for worst promo of the year? Oh God, <laughs> I guess. <Yeah. laughs> okay, let's do this one. Best promo of the year, worst promo of the year. I forgot about this one. All right, best promo of the year, MGF. After double or nothing, calling Tony Khan a mark. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. Or pretty much any MJF promo, you could just say. Also, is... I'll give credit to when the first Usi mentioned when Jay <laughs> yeah. said that he doesn't care what the tribal chief says, that whole segment uh from SmackDown is up <laughs> Yeah, no, I both excellent choices. And then worst promo of the year, <clears throat> it's gotta be Marina Shafir's you know me. You know me. You don't know me. You know me. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, or, or Chris Jericho's The Ocho presentation. God. Or just anytime anytime Jake Hager speaks. Can we throw that in there? And Wheeler Useless as well, yes. yes right. <laughs> okay. And then final award this year, um, males, best male superstar, worst male superstar. Let's get the best one out of the way. That one's easy. Throw up your Throw up your one. Yep, Tribal Chief, um, Roman Reigns. That one's easy. Worst superstar of 2022? Chris Jericho. Yep, 100%. Big part of me wanted to say CM Punk, but I'm going to go with Chris Jericho. I agree with you, Josh. And uh, any other awards we need to hand out, Josh? Um, no, I just wanted to mention that the worst referee this year outside of Aubrey Edwards was their court's ref, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just absolutely brutal. Jojo Dutch, if you will. And mm-hmm. also, I just wanted to say that uh, uh, as far as TV show of the year, mm. I'm going to go with SmackDown. And Booker says we don't really talk about Booker, but if we have to pick one, I'm going to go with uh, Scott DeBoer from Impact. Um, I can't go. I can't go with Triple H because there's not much of the samples. Guys, he only came right. in half of the year, so I can't really say it's Triple H. So Agreed. I'm going to go stop the more impact. Very good, nicely done. Um, uh, by the way, you mentioned Sami Zayn. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to throw him in there for a potential breakout star in 2023. He may have the the year of his life in 2023. So that's going to be great. And those are the year end awards, uh, ladies and gentlemen. As always. Um, feel free to reach out to us if you have any other thoughts. Or... Is that a Bray Wyatt sound effect, Josh? You got the Bray Wyatt kids back there? What you got back there? Yeah, I'm, miss- I'm missing around a couple of days. And I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. But, Josh, I have a question for you. Are you ready? Am I? Are you ready for the best segment in all of wrestling podcasting? Are you ready for the question that we ask ourselves every single week? It is, what the hell is wrong with A, E, 
W. And we're gonna get this bad boy started in a three, a two, a one. Oh, I have to do it this week, don't I? I forgot I was hosting. Oh, hold up. I... <laughs> the audio didn't come in, right? I, d- I did not hear it, no. Uh, let, let me upload it here on my thing. <laughs> let's just take right. a second. Trust me, guys. <laughs> well. I'm sorry about that. No, that's all right. This is the effect that AEW has on, on us. Yeah, exactly. All right. We got it right here in our stream yard. Huh? Processing. It's coming in. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. 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 I'm telling you, my time is right now. Right this minute, 2022. We're living in my time is now. My time is right. God damn now. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Winter is coming! Ah! It is that magical time of the week where we ask ourselves, What the hell is wrong with AEW, aka what isn't? wrong with AEW and Josh this is winter is coming you know this is the 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 event where it's ding showed up for the first time and this is supposedly a magical time uh in AEW and I will say there was a couple things that I enjoyed from the show this week that kind of made me pop but overall winter can go home and stay home because I this is this was not a good thing but let's let's talk about the things we did enjoy this week I'll give you a few um Overall, um, I actually didn't mind the match with Brian Cage and Jungle Boy. The finish was definitely sloppy, and Prince Nana was out of place, and uh, that was all kind of a mess. But overall, I thought that match was good. I enjoyed that. I know you're not a huge fan of the the House of Black. Um, I thought that their entrance was tremendous this week. Um, I thought that that was terrific. Unless I'm getting you're, – you're nodding your head, so I may be getting no, my – I'm, I'm a fan of House of Black. I don't like how they've been used. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Um, but yeah, I thought House of Black was uh, – I, I thought they were tremendous this week. I know we don't talk a lot about a booking, but I thought they were booked absolutely perfectly this week. So I thought that was really good. And I got to tell you, the jobber beating Jericho was freaking hilarious. I lost my mind at that. And the crowd getting behind the jobber, I thought that was really cool. And also a great moment for that kid, um, for Andretti to get a win – and um, the main event was just tremendous. I mean, they, they I, I want to see what MJF and Starks could do if they weren't limited by TV um, time. Because I thought that that match was fan-freaking-tastic. So that's what I enjoyed. What did you enjoy about the show this week, Josh? Uh, I, I like seeing House of Black. They maximized their uh, TV minutes. Uh, yep. In and out. Uh, do what you got to do. Uh I really liked uh, the pop that Hook got following the uh, afterbirth of the Brian Cage-Jack Perry match. Um, by the way, the firm sucks. <laughs> I know this supposed to be the I know I know this supposed to be the positive part, but can I just say the firm sucks? <laughs> uh, I really um, it was cool for action and dreading, but 
Jericho just weighs me down. So a lot of it, I was just indifferent, and I didn't feel like... I guess there had to be a purpose of why they wanted to have a two-segment match. So if it was just for a dreaded win, then I understand. But I felt this went way too long. Um, but uh, the main event, I thought was fine. You know, old-school heel finish uh, with NGF. Uh, I thought that was good. Uh, but again, just another episode of Dynamite <laughs> where what could go wrong will go wrong <laughs> and it went wrong so let's get into it let's get into the shit because oh boy is there a lot of shit <clears throat> excuse me um started off with the trios match josh i was bored about two minutes in i yes. <laughs> i if you've seen one trios match with the elite you've seen them all so all fine. of them yep. well, so josh i have a question for you what has jeff jarrett done during his time in aew that's been revolutionary or helpful Absolutely nothing. Correct. So, but yet he's another guy that came in and is going to change. That's a game changer, pal. Yeah. Yeah. All all the signings are game changers. Oh my god. Yeah. But yeah, you've got all these game changers like Jarrett, like Athena, who is a game changer, and look what she's done. Absolutely nothing. Sting is a game changer. He's done nothing of relevance. Have you ever noticed, Josh, that the best people on AEW right now, the people that I want to see. Are all, none of them are ex WWE talent? Have you noticed that? Yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> so paying them all that money has has um, uh, yeah. That was that was just. Do you care about Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus the Acclaimed? Absolutely not. I could give two shits about yeah. that. So they're going to get a tag team title match, but other tag teams that are fighting and clawing, scratching their way up, are just brushed off to the wayside for Tony Khan's Flavor of the Month. Are you kidding me? Well, this goes back to the whole dropping your load theory that I mentioned here that AW just loves to do all the time. They, <laughs> again, I always feel bad for whatever romantic partners Tony Khan gets involved with because the dude's always shooting his load, <laughs> not letting things build <laughs> out. Like, he had a rush to do FTR and the Acclaim on TV when that should have been a pay-per-view match. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland Absolutely meaningless to this point because hey, we got forward WWE guys, let's have them in title feuds. And <laughs> once you dr- ran that drill, <laughs> get that out of the way, what what's left there for people to be invested in, you know? And absolutely nothing, same thing here, absolutely. So it's, it's just you know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> okay, Josh, you mentioned Chris Jericho earlier under in the year on Nimrod Club, yep. And basically, you could just throw his whole faction in there because <laughs> this backstage promo, now all of a sudden, Daniel Garcia, they're relegating him back to Jericho's oh, lackey. He's going to be underneath Sammy Guevara. And then Jake Hager at the very end chimes in something about his hat. This is your main faction, ladies and gentlemen, in AEW. Sports entertainers. And this is what they give us. <laughs> I, I wish I, I I know what Jake Hager should do with that hat. He should roll it up in the ball, turn that some bit sideways, and stick it straight up his fucking Donald Trump loving ass. There you go. Oh, really quick, going back to the elite and death triangle match. Mm-hmm. Again, I agree with everything you said. The same shit we see all the time. Dead corpse looks absolutely lost. It, it's it's purpose. It, it's meaningless at this point. 
But here's the stupid thing about it. Okay, so to necessify the fact that the elite are going to come back down for 3-1, uh, <laughs> what they're going to do is they're going to have gimmick matches for next week, the six matches, the false count anywhere match, and then the last one in L.A., as if that's not giving the result away, it's Escalera del Muerte. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> thank you for just spoiling to your audience that the Elite are going to come back from three to one because, of course, they're going to. Of course, they so are. stupid. And they did it during a world title match. They talked about the Elite during their world title match that has been anticipated for a while now. But it, but we got to get the Elite in there because the EVPs can't stand to be outstaged by anybody. I, I can't stand Excalibur's PBS telethon commentary. He's call the action. This is not a telethon where people are calling and you're doing plugs every 45 seconds. Holy shit. Put it on the advertisement. Put it on the lower third. Like you see here on our video for this episode. See that? That's a lower yeah. third. Use it. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Okay. Josh, you mentioned this earlier, but did you notice that Hook gets a major pop every time that he comes out? Did you notice that? Yeah, because he's awesome. That's what he I is think. awesome. You also noticed that he has got a ton of potential in the ring? Yes. <laughs> have you noticed how AEW has booked and used him? Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah. So it's just AEW does nothing relevant with one of, somebody who's got potential to be a megastar. I love Hook. I think he's tremendous. But... <clears throat> He just kind of, I don't know, he flounders until they need to get a pop or something like that. Like, here's the thing, Josh, with AEW, you never know what you're going to get week to week. And you have, which gives, to me gives me no reason to tune in. What 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 investment am I going to have now with Hook teaming up with Jack Perry? How is that going to, how is that helpful at all? By the way, why are they calling William Morrissey Big Bill? Uh, dude, I don't know. What are we doing here? Again, the firm sucks. I can't believe that. By the way, this is a man that I had the fortunate pleasure of interviewing uh, on my old radio show. It's on our YouTube feed. Look at Malcolm uh, Malcolm Bivens or Stokely Hathaway, whatever you're calling him. He has regressed so much since he came out to AEW. The firm sucks. The stuff he was doing with Jay Cargill sucked. This is not good. And Lee Moriarty with his shitty ass theme song. <laughs> it's so bad. And I like Lee. He's a good wrestler, but nobody gives a shit about him. And oh, oh, oh here's here's Big Cass. He's going to be intimidating. And what's he going to do? He's going to kowtow the Jungle Boy? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, Kenny. Come on, Erdich. <laughs> All right. Next week, we get a meeting with Swerve in Our Glory. Woohoo. Don't care. Yep. Next. Um, so, Josh, <laughs> the factory. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think they might be more useless than the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. And that's saying something. Yes. <laughs> they were literally fodder for House of Black. Now, House of Black, I thought, was booked perfectly this week. And it was a good reintroduction for them. Uh, Julia Hart, Mamma Mia. Very, very, yes. We. I, I would acknowledge it, but she's too young for me. But 
fair. Fair. A good point. I'm not saying that you know, just it's agreed, but <laughs> I, I agree with you completely. But also, Mamma Mia, like thumbs up for Julia Hart for sure. But no, I thought I thought House of Black was booked well. But you're telling me you couldn't send some of your AEW dark fodder to? Uh, you're basically saying to the factory, you are all now jobbers because yeah. Well, you, here's the thing. This happens a lot with AEW. Who am I supposed to cheer for? Yeah, House of Black got a cool entrance. They got a cool gimmick and blah, 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 blah. But they still work like heels and act like heels. And they're beating up a boring, irrelevant heel faction. Why is, why is that supposed to make you cheer for them more? Why? Because they're beating up QT Marshall. They're beating up the, hey, hey, the House of Black. Guess what, everybody? The House of Black beat up Doug Heffernan <laughs> and his cronies. <laughs> My back is getting weary. My back is getting tired. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, I, Josh, I will say, though, I, I think that they could do something with Nick Camarado if they ever wanted to do something. I think he's got a good look. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. He has a look, and then the bell ring. <laughs> no, <laughs> remember that phrase down the road. When you see a bad wrestler, just remember they have potential, but the bell ring. <laughs> yeah. So then there was that, and then the last thing I wrote down was um, what we talked about earlier. Was that the announcers are talking about the elite when a world title match is going on? Yeah. Uh, again, the EVPs count sign. So those are my thoughts on Dynamite this week. It was it was terrible. It was awful. Um, Nothing great is going to come out of Final Battle because they didn't even acknowledge they didn't even acknowledge half of what happened at Final Battle this week. They didn't acknowledge Samoa Joe. They didn't acknowledge like they have absolutely no continuity to their television program at all. Oh, it's, hey, get ready for FTR and the S Boys next week <laughs> for a holiday bash. Which I, actually, which I actually think is going to be a good match. Um, yeah, because I think it's that, FTR, they could wrestle brooms. True. <laughs> But I think the gun. I think the gun club's got potential too. I really do. Um, we'll see. But that's all I got. Any any other final thoughts, Josh? Yeah, just some of the women's stuff. Like, by the way, great to see Anna J on my TV screen. Um, always good to see her on my TV screen. But again, got Jamie Hader next week against Hikaru Shida. Who gives a shit? Uh, the backstage with Britt Baker and Sky Blue. Uh, I guess as a match on Rampage. Don't worry, we'll get to the X Men impression in just a couple seconds. But um, by the way, shout out to Renee Young, uh, Canada's finest outside of Colby Smulders. Um, and then again, it's just I'm surprised there's no Jay Cardgill this week. Um, maybe they're just holding out hope that Sasha shows up at the LA show. Blah, 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 blah. It's going to be really sad when I'm going to see how fickle this audience really is because when Sasha is the one that ends Jay Cargill's winning streak and her undefeated record, what's the reaction going to be from there? Be careful what you wish for because, believe it or not, Jay Cargill is the top women's champion in AEW. And when you beat her, what's there left? And then, last thing with the MGF and Ricky Starks match, thought the match was fine, but 
the thing I'm excited for, if MGF is going to get into a program with Karen Danielson, is that I'm I'm really excited and looking forward to when MGF really exposes how overrated Brian Danielson is, not only as a character but as a wrestler as well. Oh. So I am <laughs> eagerly waiting their next promo segment because I think that's coming up soon. I think that's about to happen. Um, MGF better not lose to Karen Danielson at Revolution. I'm just going to say that. It's not 2014. The whole WrestleMania push, yeah, it may be legendary, but that was probably the most forced thing I ever seen in wrestling ever. And uh, we all could thank CM Punk again for that as well. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Bernie Carter, you wanted to hear the excrement impression. I w- yes, I would love to hear the excrement impression. And go for it. <laughs> all right, let me uh, pull out the card here, actually, for Rampage. Um, yeah, they taped it last night, right? It's not live tomorrow? No, I'm, I'm sure they taped it because they always tape Rampage, don't they? Sometimes, sometimes they go to different places. I, I'm just never sure with AEW now. <laughs> I understand. Uh, the fact that uh, we're going to have Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal have a tag title match soon is just absolutely ridiculous to me. But that's another show another time. By, by the way, why is there so much Officer Bar Brady on the show last night? Oh, my God. <laughs> that, was, that was strange. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I'm ready. Here you go. This is your weekly excrement impression brought to you by your truly, the nefarious brother, Adam. Here we go. Going to you live on Rampage on Friday on TNT. It is the Blackpool Comics. <laughs> Let me start again. <laughs> no, wow. I, I'm reading this card. This is absolutely horrible. Okay, Let me, let's do this, all right? <laughs> Going to you live on TNT. It's AEW Rampage. It's the Blackpool Comic Club's John Moxley taking on the JS is Sammy Guevara, and he'll be accompanied by Daniel Garcia. Wardlow will be in action. We have the Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, accompanied by Jimmy Hader and Rebel Shield be taking on Chicago's own Sky Blue. In the main event, it's Orange Cassidy, Dustin Rose, and the best friend taking on the team of Kiss Sabian, Trent Seven, and the Butcher in the Blade in an eight-man tag team match. Then on Wednesday on TBS, it's AEW The Holiday Bash. <laughs> We got Jamie Hayter put her AEW Women's World Championship on the line against Hikaru Shida. FCR will be taking on the Ass Boys, the gun club of the firm. <laughs> and it's match number five in the best of seven series with the Death Triangle having a 3-1 lead over the Elite for the AEW World Trios Championship. More information and more matches will be announced. Follow Tony Khan on Twitter and we'll be... Check it out. More AW action and get your tickets right now at awtix.com. Bravo. Bravo. The only thing I would say to that, Josh, is remember it's awtix.com. They don't say ticks. Awtix.com. Awtix.com. Thank you very much. (laughs) Josh, you ready? Let's get out of here. Yes. Let's get out of here. There we go. This has been. What the hell is wrong with A-E-W? Everything. You got one more for us? But no, I I can't do it this week because I'm testing the thing I would do. So I I can't do it yet. But I will say 
for Swift Strickland. I don't know why you're so depressed, bro. You got the dirt sheets in your bag. A- ain't your cousin working for Fight Fuller for something? <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't have friends. I don't have anybody in this world that supports me. That's a bunch of cap. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been a great week. Um, I know we didn't get to the Mandy Rose stuff, but that's okay. We. No. Uh, oh yeah, go ahead, let Josh. Me, I know you. Let me do this. Let me do this yeah, now. Go ahead. Go ahead. We we had this discussion yesterday, and I was not. I I don't want to get into the details about this, and I the reason I want to do this rant to close out the show because I think it's very important important to okay. the situation and what's yep. going on, and I think people need to listen up here. Mandy Rose lost her brother about a couple of months ago. Mm. Um, she lost a family member. And this girl's been going through a lot this year. And um, I really usually don't talk about this because I think it's kind of like a weird dig measuring contest where, you know, you, you make fun of people who don't get like waterfall or, you know, like you. you when people say, oh, you can really tell who doesn't sleep with people, you know, like that type of dialogue, Brett Carter. But honestly, it reared his ugly head this week, not only with the Mandy Rose stuff, but with Mia Yim having to deactivate her Twitter because to some people, they felt compelled enough to make a big fuss over the fact that she took a picture with Austin Theory with her sitting on his lap. Folks, for the love of God, touch some fucking grass. Get out of your fucking house and stop living in the wrestling bubble 24-7 and get a fucking life. We're not going to come here and do a morale debate about whether WWE is in the wrong of firing Mandy Rose. Honestly, I don't care about it. It's not my... Me and Brother Carter don't have to be the authority of every topic that goes on in professional wrestling. That's why we don't really talk about booking on the show. It's why we don't really expand on a lot of stuff like this stuff because honestly, it has nothing to do with what's going on in the ring. Like Bernard Carr mentioned, the whole plan with Roxanne Perez was there from day one. That was the whole plan. But all this stuff with Mandy Rose and what happened with her over the last couple of days is unfortunate and it's really disgusting to see people trying to pine and make like themselves like martyrs, either defending her or trying to make it a bigger issue than what it really is. Folks, read the contracts that you sign. I'm so fucking sick and tired of wrestling fans acting like they know what it actually means to be an independent contractor. Yeah, you are an independent contractor, but there are provisions into being an independent contractor, whether you want to recognize that or acknowledge that or not. And here's the deal. I don't care what she does on her own time. That's her prerogative. It's none of our business, okay? But I'm so tired by the card of the entitlement and people feel like they need the need to be the authority of every topic of what's right or how things are supposed to be handled and try to act like they're morale priests because the same people that shoot arrows at these companies when they make decisions that they don't like, they can't even look themselves in the mirror because they do stupid shit too. Nobody in this life is without fault or flaws. And I'm sick and tired 
of the nonsense. Leave this fucking girl alone. You don't know what really led up to that decision of her release. You can go on any website and you can believe whatever you want and read on the internet. But until she speaks for herself of what really happened, none of this means shit at the end of the day. So I'm not going to come here and debate you on whether WWE was in the right or wrong of releasing Mandy Rose. One, I don't care about what she does on her own time. And two, it's none of my business. Leave the fucking girl alone. She's dealing with enough shit. And leave me a yam alone too. Get out of your house. Get off of Twitter. You know, it's impossible to take some time off of Twitter. You know, you don't have to be in it all day, 24-7, 365. And that's all I have to say about it. It's absolutely embarrassing that these fucking dickless twats feel that they need to be the authority and the morale police of everything that goes on in professional wrestling. And I'm I'm, I'm sick and tired of it. Well said. Well said, Josh. And that's how we're going to end the show, ladies and gentlemen, on that. On Josh, Josh Lopez dropping knowledge like only Josh <laughs> Lopez can. That's what we all need. We all need that now. We all need that in 2023. So I want to thank everybody. For checking out episode 339 of the Hoots Podcast, it's been an honor truly to be your host uh, for this episode. This is actually my last episode of 2022. I'm taking some time off uh, for the next couple of weeks to do some family stuff. But I will be back live and in living color, whether it's live or via satellite. I'll be back in 2023. Looking forward to being the bigger, badder, stronger, faster. I am the ER of the hoots podcast badder stronger faster all that stuff <laughs> not going to the emergency room but you know what i mean yes. so uh <laughs> just like bianca Belair is not the eastern standard time zone of wwe <laughs> yes <laughs> so, uh, it's been a pleasure uh we certainly wish you all a very happy holidays a wonderful holiday season josh thanks for everything this year it's been a blast looking forward to a great 2023 and we will catch you all next time. You all be back next week for episode 340 of the Hoots Podcast. And I will see you all in 2023. Uh, oh, real quick, uh, Josh, where can everybody follow you on social media? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at Josh Lopez Media. If you'd like to check out my transcript work, please check out ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Right. And you can follow me on Twitter at Derek Stoughton. You can also be on, follow me on the Instagram at Derek06. Check out my work on Wrestling Rumors uh, as well as my work at DerekStoughton.com. As always, ladies and gentlemen, be the authentic product that is yourself. Remember, nobody dictates your life but you and the man upstairs. Thanks again for checking out episode 339. And we'll see you all, you all next week for episode 340. And I will see you in 2023. Yes, sir.